It's good to be here in the house of the Lord today. My name is Jim Littleton. I serve as one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad to see you this morning. The space is different this morning. I can't figure it out. So somebody tell me after service what's different, please. It's good to see a full house today, and there's been an implicit balcony bias since I started here in July. The balcony bias is everybody sits on this side, right? And most services over here is empty chairs, but today I got a group of folks to preach to, so that makes my heart really happy today <laughs> to have uh, no balcony bias in what I'm doing. It is a new year, and I'm so glad that we've made this decision through leadership to have one service at 10. And it's good to see all the smiling faces and the energy we have and the synergy from coming together as one body of Christ here at Wake Forest UMC. I'm starting a sermon series on being all in for Jesus in 2023. There's three values I'm asking us as God's people at Wake Forest to live into this year. The first is being Christ-centered. The second is being service-driven. And the third is being community-focused. It starts, I think everything starts with being Christ-centered and putting Jesus first. I appreciate what Pastor Jen said in the children's sermon about um, what's at the center of a shape, you know, the center. I appreciate what Dolores read from the gospel because the scribes ended by saying Jesus teaches as one with authority. Jesus has authority other people have not had, and Jesus is at the center of things and helps us interpret not only scripture, but interpret life, understand grace, and find hope and love like the kids taught us. Today, for my sermon text, I'll be reading from a letter in the New Testament. Letters are called epistles. But this is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church. Um, and it's from Colossians 3. And this is kind of a long reading. And I'm going to read it slowly. Paul's writings comes from Greek manuscripts, and the Greek manuscripts were just these big run-on sentences, right? So you bring it to English, it's kind of odd to read, there's like bad grammar, there's split infinitives, you know, things English teachers cringe about. Therefore, I'm going to read it slowly and pause a few times as we work through this scripture this morning. Let us hear God's word today. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your whole life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. 
As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord who has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Church, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, I ask that you hide me behind your cross so that our focus today is on you and not me. As your Holy Spirit works in our hearts and minds today, so what we think and say and do when we leave this space reflects more and more of Jesus. Amen. So it is a new year. I wasn't here last Sunday for uh, New Year's Day, but it's a new year. And I'm curious if y'all have traditions you do for the new year, right? Do y'all have any traditions you do? We have some in my family, and I watched online some videos of people with their traditions. Some folks this year at midnight, when the clock struck 12 and the new year started, they opened their door symbolically to let out 2022 and let in 2023. Like a symbolic thing. There was a lot of TikTok videos about that and some other stuff, right? Some Facebook videos, right? Open the door, go away 2022, welcome 2023. We have a tradition with food. I cook black-eyed peas, collard greens, and cornbread on New Year's Day because my parents did it to symbolize luck, you know, hope for greens for financial success and gold, you know, for good luck. We would cook those things, and I bet you cook some things too. Some folks clean out closets around that time of year, and the thrift stores are inundated with people bringing stuff. I passed by like a Goodwill store, and there were just tons and tons of bags outside, like the inside compartment couldn't fit it all in the bins, and it was stacked up outside. Out with the old, in with the new. Some folks, I bet here, set New Year's resolutions. So if you set a resolution, you don't have to tell me what it was, can you raise your hand if you set a New Year's resolution, right? So a good bit of folks set a New Year's resolution, right? We do that. I'm going to save more money. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to do something different this year. It's a great time to think about out with the old, in with the new. That ties, I think, really well to what the passage of Scripture we heard was from Colossians. Paul is talking about out with the old, out with the old self, in with the new self. Who you were before is not who you are now and not who God wants you to become. Out with the former self, in with this life of Jesus. It's an image we saw of of like baptism, you know, clothing yourself in Jesus. But I want to start with the ending. This is one of those texts you've got to work through slowly. Paul ends this whole 
chapter 3 or this part of chapter 3 with whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, right? Do everything. Whatever you do in word or deed. That's a pretty high bar to get to, right? Everything I do in my home, at my job, at church with friends, it's in the name of Jesus. So to get there, he kind of takes us slower through it. He starts with these image of baptism. See, Paul believed that baptism was explicitly connected to Jesus' life and death and resurrection. Jesus was born, and we just celebrated that like two weeks ago, right? Jesus lived briefly, died violently, and rose unexpectedly. And he was risen to new life. And Paul connects that to baptism and to the new self that we are in Jesus. Paul connects it to sin. Sin dies and new life is born. We say goodbye to this old stuff. We say goodbye to who we were and we're in with this new clothing. We bring in Jesus in the center. I believe church is a community of baptized believers who seek to live out their baptismal vows and follow Jesus. Wake Forest UMC is a community of baptized believers who respond to what God is doing. And for Paul and for all of us, it starts with what God has done. It starts with what God has done because you're created in God's image, right? There's something of God's image in you. And I appreciate how Richard Rohr says this. Something about God's image creates you as you were created in God's image. Something of God's image in you works to create you. God is always working in you to bring you closer to Jesus and closer to be the person God wants you to be. That's why we baptize infants in the Methodist church. We believe God is already doing things in that person's life before they can respond. God gave us Jesus. And Paul was pointing to that. Jesus came, was born, and lived briefly, and died violently, but rose unexpectedly, and then ascended beautifully. That's the model for life. Because of that, Paul starts walking through different things we're supposed to do. He talks about put to death what is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. And in Paul's day, many people would have Intimate relationships outside of their marriage. Stop that. They were egocentric with passion and evil desires and even greed, which is idolatry. All these things are kind of egocentric. They focus on what we want and what we need. I need this to be satisfied. This is what I need to be fulfilled. This is what I do regardless of the consequences of how it can harm somebody else. When we're egocentric in our actions and thinking, we don't have that Christ-centered life that Paul is talking about. Greed, especially, I was talking a few years ago, had a conversation with a really successful business person, and he was retired, and I was, we're talking about greed and, and competition in business. And this person had a really good argument. He's like, hey, I believe in capitalism and competition is good, right? So we want to have good competition. We want to um, beat our competitors. And then that was a good point. And yet there comes a point where our love of money and desire to have more than our share or desire to not be generous 
becomes an idol for us. One of my favorite movies about, when I think about this, there's a movie called Wall Street years ago. A character named Gordon Gecko uh, was one of the leaders, and he had this big speech. You can video it, you can YouTube it. He goes, greed is good, right? It's good for us. Greed is good for Americans. But greed is not what Jesus is about and not what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about us as best we can, journeying together as a community to put on and clothe ourselves with the characteristics of Jesus. We live as people who are already resurrected. We sort of reveal the resurrection in our lives and what we say and do. We reveal that Christ rose in the things we do at our jobs and in our houses and with our friends, with how we spend our money, with the choices we make. We reveal through word and action, or as Paul says, word or deed, that Jesus rose. We tell the story of the resurrection by what we do, by putting away earthly desires. And then Paul says part of life is get rid of anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Don't lie to each other. Stop this. Out with the old. Like those videos I saw. Open the door. Out with the old. In with the new. Let all that go. Stop being so egocentric. You've got to look at the love you have for other people. Think of others' needs in addition to yourselves. Now, the caveat I'd always say when I say that is Jesus calls us, and even Paul says it, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, this does not mean you start loving yourself as God's people. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. You always have to take care of yourself, too, and first. Right? You can't be so other people-centric you don't take care of you. Right? You've got to love yourself. Jesus took time away from the disciples. Jesus went by himself to pray. Jesus said sometimes, I can't do that. I'm tired. Right? We've got to have that mentality because if we don't love ourselves, eventually it impacts others. Brene Brown calls it like secondhand smoke. Right? You may not think you're hurting somebody else, but eventually you infect other people if you don't love yourself. So love yourself too, but you can't let your love of self become egocentric where you're a bull in a china shop just caring about you and causing havoc and damage and wreckage in your wake. Paul is asking the people to live differently and us to live differently. Then it says we're all one and one, no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, slave or free, but Christ in all and all. There's something bigger that unites. It's like that big window above Carl in the back, right? You got Jesus with the open hands sitting up there. It unites us and brings us together. It doesn't mean people lose social identity or cultural identity. It's not a simulation. It just means there's something bigger that unites us. Because we live as people. We live as people who believe in the resurrection and we show that Christ rose by our word and our deed. So now that we have this renewal and what's gone, Paul talks about what comes in. Don't clothe yourself with this, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. 
Let me read those again. Clothe yourself with compassion. Be compassionate. Be kind. Be humble because it all starts with God. Be meek and be patient. Forgive each other because God forgave you. Forgive people, Pastor Jim, because God forgave you. Be forgiving. And then above all, the kind of uniting theme here, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Challenging, right? It's easy, I think, to talk about opening the door and letting the old go out and the new come in and letting 2022 go out and 2023 come in, but we carry things with us, right? We carry these habits. We carry ways that we've acted our whole lives that maybe brought us success. We carry things with us that were modeled to us, maybe by our parents, that's wonderful, but maybe there's some things our parents modeled to us that's not great. Maybe there's some things colleagues in business have done that we've modeled and are not great. And it's letting go of that. It's hard to take up new characteristics and the new characteristics of Jesus because we're so used to the old way of being. We kind of default to who we were because we like it. Like, I have an old pair of jeans I love, right? They fit perfectly. They're soft. Um, Lisa says I can't wear them in public, right? (laughs) But I love them, right? They're my at-home jeans. I love them, and I wear them. I don't want to get rid of those because they're my jeans. Or maybe you have a favorite chair at home, right? It's a favorite chair. It's soft. It feels great. It's your chair, right? It's one of those kinds that looks horrible, you know, like a biscuit back chair and it's comfortable, you know, and it's, it's great, but you don't get rid of it because that's what you know. But sometimes things that feel comfortable aren't really Christ-centered. It's an illusion. It feels right because that's all you've known. It feels right because that's what people did to you. They were angry to me. I was angry back. They didn't forgive me. I'm not going to forgive them. They showed malice. Sometimes you got to push back and show malice too. It's hard to change characteristics. But Paul calls us as a new community to clothe ourselves with Jesus. It takes practice. It takes Commitment. It takes discipline. It takes practice. I'm going to practice this. I'm going to commit to do it daily. I'm going to be part of the community of faith that practices that. What I want and hope and pray is that all of us, this year at Wake Forest UMC, put Jesus at the center of what we do. It's one thing to go out, right? and go out and do a bunch of good. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go do this and that and the other. But the epicenter of this love starts with putting Jesus in our hearts. That's where Paul says to begin. And then as you practice, and you're part of a community that clothes themselves in Christ, other people say, I believe Jesus rose because I see Jesus in you.